Welcome to the Braxton Wheeler Show, recorded live throughout the week, bringing you all the up-to-date baseball content and all the hot topics you need to hear. On this show, I don't sugarcoat stories. I tell them how they are and how they should be consumed. Find this podcast on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Brax, B-R-A-X-X-X-26. And message me your thoughts, or send me a voicemail at 540-597-8236, and I'll be sure to put it on the show. All right, wherever you may be listening and whatever you may be doing, welcome to the podcast. This is the Braxton Wheeler Show, and as always, I am your host, Braxton Wheeler. Today's date is Monday, April 20th, 2020. I am currently... Still recording on the East Coast in Roanoke, Virginia. It is 2.17 p.m. on this Monday. Hope all of you guys are having a great start to your work week or whatever, wherever you may be working, whether it's at home or if you're able to go to the workplace. Hope everyone is being stay, uh, staying safe, families being safe, and I hope you're finding something to occupy, occupy your times, um, time throughout the day right now. Almost feels like we're kind of living the same day over and over and over. Um, it's kind of crazy, right? But... Uh, you know, we're already April 20th, so we're kind of, I mean, the days are moving by relatively fast, and um, look on the bright side, every day is another day closer to, I guess, getting baseball back, another day closer to getting sports back, and uh, eventually there's going to be, there's going to be some sports out there, so it's just a matter of time. And I'm really excited to bring this podcast to all the viewers today. Um, I said I was going to put this podcast out on Saturday. Um, I think I tweeted that Thursday night, uh, but uh, I wasn't able to do that, of course, so I figured it'd be just best to put this, make this podcast on the Monday. Look, today we, I am previewing the American League East. Um, we fin- I finished the National League. Um, we started in the West, and then we moved to the Central, and I just did the East on the last podcast, so if you weren't able to watch, uh, hear those, uh, they are still on my channel. Hey, big news, I am now on Apple Podcast again. They approved it. You know, I honestly didn't take the time to check a couple weeks ago to see if I was even approved because normally I get an email if I was approved, right? And I went on Apple Podcast and I checked and I took down my old show um, just so that wouldn't be in the way. And I checked and there is my show. So all the, all the new recordings are on there. So now please go to Apple Podcast and subscribe. It really means a lot. Please subscribe on Apple Podcast. Um, and rate as well, um, and, and give me a good review there. Um, also on Spotify, as you heard on the intro, so we are on all platforms, and I'm excited to boost uh, the fan base once again. So, um, opening, what do I want to talk about today? Actually, one more big announcement I have. It's, it's a pretty big deal um, concerning me. Um, there is a podcast. It's called Locked On Podcast. It's a Locked On channel. They do Locked On, and each NFL team has their own individual one. Each MLB team has it. So you know, Locked On Cardinals or Locked On A's or Locked On Tigers, Locked On Braves. You get the point. Um, I'm actually going to be on that show this week. I'm going to be on the Locked On A's podcast show. Me and the host of that show have been messaging back and forth. Um, either I'm going to be on his show or I'm actually going to get him here on the Braxton Wheeler show. So I'm really excited for that and. Um, it's little things like that that um, can actually, you can boost your fan base and boost your li- boost your listenership, so I'm really, really excited about that. I wish, I may try and get um, the host of that show when I do my AL West preview, and he, um, we can discuss the AL, uh, the Oakland Athletics a little bit, but we'll see. But anyway, I'll, I'll be sure to keep you updated and put that on my socials. All right, 
So, before I start talking about the AL East, just obviously a few things uh, that I always have to open up with. Me and my cousin were having this debate. What is a harder sport to play? Keep this in mind, and I kind of want to get your opinions on this as well. I might put a poll on Instagram or, or Twitter. So, what is a harder sport to play in your opinion? Basketball or baseball? And notice, when I, I told him the hardest sport in the entire world to play is baseball. Um, notice I didn't say the most athletic sport in the world to play is baseball. Okay. He fought back and said, no, basketball is a harder sport to play than baseball. And I really want your opinions on that. Me, it's, I think it's pretty simple that look, baseball, like I always say on the show each week, you can't put anyone in a box and just be able to hit the stuff that these guys are throwing much. I mean, foul it off, anything like that. You know, people always play basketball. When you go to the YMCA, you don't play pickup baseball games. You play pickup basketball games. Everyone can, in some type of way, play basketball and compete. And I understand it's an easier game to play because you don't have to have all the necessities that you need for baseball. But the fact that you have less than a half a second to make a decision if you're going to swing at a pitch or not, baseball is the hardest sport to play in the world. I'm not saying it's the most athletic. Of course, LeBron James, these guys would... I mean, they're the most athletic guys in the world. You know, six foot eleven, seven foot guys that can can run the court like point guards. There's no doubt in my mind that the most athletic sport is basketball. Um, yeah, you can make a case for football, but I'm just talking between basketball and baseball right now. So I want your thoughts on that. My opinion is baseball is the hardest sport to play in the world. I think it's it's just it's I mean, eighty percent mental. It truly is, and um, it's also God given talent that you get to play baseball. So, opening thoughts with that. Um, also, we have a, with the baseball proposal of Arizona, and I want to. This is a very interesting subject. If you listen to any baseball podcast throughout the week, there's tons out there that you can always stay up to date on stuff. But something that I think is really important that I want to mention on the show is how desperate are we as a fan base to really get the sport of baseball back? Um, as of now, I would say the best proposal is for all these teams to play in Arizona, um, and. What would that mean if they were going to play in Arizona? Well, we have the electric strike zone, the electronic strike zone. Um, you know, me, I'm not a fan of the electronic strike zone, okay? And I, what I'm trying to get out of here is with this proposal, it's very um, it's very hypocritical in a way. If you're going to get rid of the umpire and have an electronic strike zone, doesn't it defeat the purpose that we're going to have a batter and a catcher, you know, a few inches from each other? Or when a guy steals second base, we're going to have players throwing on a tag at second base. Or when there's a pickoff move at first, you know, there's a lot of indirect contact or just direct contact for that matter in baseball. And I think if you're going to still have that in the game, and not to mention spitting on the ball, not really spitting on the ball, but licking your fingers to pitch, you know, you can't try and take away an umpire. Obviously, it's one of the most important things of the game and still have all these other things around it. And not to mention, talking about the players sitting in the stands um, six feet apart. What are they going to do? Sit in the stands and creep down the aisle right next to each other and like, excuse me, you know, I'm, I'm going down to the box. Excuse me. It's just so many if ands, or buts. And are we really willing to get baseball back that bad that we're going to hurt the credibility of the game? It's just a question that you have to ask yourself as a fan. And that's a question that I've asked myself as well. Um, I'm sure there's ways we could work around these things. But if you're going to play baseball... I think you have to have an umpire back there. And even if you're going to do the electronic strike zone, I want there to be an umpire working the electronic strike zone. You know, So just <sighs> credibility of the game is a big deal. We love this game so much. Do we really want to take a chance and ruin it with that? Um, 
Also, I think, and one little thing, I like to kind of give a quote before I jump into the AL East. Not really a quote I have today, but I was talking to some of my coworkers at the at the golf course, and um, I think keep this in mind, people. There's, I think there's a time and point where um, if you about being satisfied and being proud of your accomplishments, we were talking about the difference of that in life. Um, I think a lot of times be careful with being satisfied too much. Um, when you're when you're satisfied, it's almost, in my opinion, it feels like you're done striving for something more. Um, but I think when you are proud of your accomplishments and you look back on where you came from, I think that's very important. Um, you know, always chase for something more, always want something more. Whether I record this show for one person or a hundred people, I'm still doing it because I, I do it. Do whatever you can each day right now, especially during this quarantine. Quarantine that can uh, make you a better person each and every day. Anyway, we got the NFL draft this week. Um, NFL draft this week. I, I wanted to mention at the beginning of the show. That's exciting. We have something to watch. Um, hopefully, Joe Burrow. We get we pick up Joe Burrow as a Bengals fan. It's going to be a actually have something to celebrate for the first time in a, in a long time. So, anyway, I'm excited to get this show underway. I'm going to take my first sponsor break, and we and then I will be previewing the AL East. Keep it right here. This is the Braxton Wheeler Show. All right, welcome back to the show. I am Braxton Wheeler, and this is the Braxton Wheeler Show. If you do not hear, I am previewing the American League East today. I've already finished the National League. I'm going to do the American League East today, then the Central, and then I will finish out with the American League West. All right, in no particular order, I'm going to do start these teams in the American League East. I don't have this set where I think the first team I preview is going to finish first or whatnot. So I'm going to start with the Toronto Blue Jays. The Toronto Blue Jays, very interesting team. Um, they have been. They they've really not been in. They have not been going in a positive direction in the last few years. You know, just a few years ago, they were definitely competing for the first um, first place in the division. And um, the last few years, they have steadily been going down to the fourth team in the division. Uh, fourth team in the division each and every year. Um, obviously, the Toronto Blue Jays have guys with big names. Um, whether it's Vladdy Guerrero, um, you know, Bo Bichette. So. These two guys, I really want to look at. Actually, let's talk about three guys: Vladdy Guerrero, um, Bobichet, and obviously Guriel Jr. So, I think one of the biggest things when we take a look at Vladdy is his raw potential. Um, Vladdy had a good limited time in the big leagues last year. Um, he he went he batted two seventy two with fifteen home runs, and you know he immediately made an impact on the team. He made an impact in the league. Um, he easily became one of the faces of the league very very quickly. Um, I think one of the biggest things with Vladdy is a lot of the you know beat writers that cover the Toronto Blue Jays um, were were saying over and over that he he didn't train as much as he should have. It was all natural raw talent. One of the biggest things that he changed this offseason is he he um, he cut into some more muscle. So I think that was a big thing. We obviously know Vladdy could have he he should have cut some weight this offseason. That's what he's done. Um, not necessarily as much weight, but he's cut it into muscle. So excuse me, he's very. A really, really strong guy, and I'm expecting a big season out of him. And also, he handled the pressure very well. But I think the pressure is even going to ease up a little more as we see, you know, shortstop Bo Bichette. And Bo Bichette, man, what a guy! He's what a personality. He's been, um, he's been, you know, he's been on Starting Nine podcast. He's been um, playing uh, rock paper scissors and stuff online on like Instagram lives and stuff. He's a really, really, uh, he's got a really good personality. But Bo Bichette. Um, look out for these two guys. I don't. I don't see a sophomore slump coming out of them. I expect them to both have really, really good seasons. Um, I think the biggest thing, though, when we take a look at the Toronto Blue Jays, is they have to find that true ace. And I think with Ryu, 
um, who they got this this offseason, I think, which was a very interesting trade to me, or a very interesting pickup that that even Ryu took that contract because I feel like when you're a pitcher, you really want to pitch with a meaning and pitch to um, compete for a division title and compete in the playoffs. And Ryu actually just took the contract and went to Toronto, so I think they can definitely build off that. And um, you know, with Randall Gritchick, Travis Shaw, they have some young, talented players. Um, Derek Fisher in right field, uh, you know. This team, I think they're going to be headed in the right direction this year. They have obviously with the young talent they have. Is their is their rotation good enough to compete with the top three teams? Um, we're going to find out with Tanner Roark, Tanner Roark, Chase Anderson, um, and I think one of the biggest biggest on the pieces that you really wouldn't think much about is definitely going to be Nate Pearson. Uh, he's he's a big pivotal player in my opinion. He's a very young talent. Uh, according to some of the the writers, they will not see him in Canada until late summer and they really need him to hold the anchor down in the bullpen there um how do I feel like the Blue Jays season is going to turn out the best case scenario in my opinion would be a third place finish with 80 wins now keep in mind we're probably going to have a shortened season but since we don't know the limit of the games yet I'm still referring to the teams playing 162 games um I I I foresee the Blue Jays I don't think they're going to get 80 wins. I see them more around 73 to 75 wins, and I still see them in fourth place, but I think they're going to have a better season than they did last year. Worst case, of course, is no improvement, and you know these the, the young, talented guys have a sophomore slump. All right, Baltimore Orioles. Shout out to, shout out to Corey Peel. Uh, I think he's really um, – I think he's the biggest Orioles fan I know, and he's he stuck with them, but – Anyway, the Baltimore Orioles. How far away? How far away are the Baltimore Orioles from being competitive? Um, that's kind of the biggest question with this team, in my opinion. Um, if you ask anybody around the league, they're going to say that they're in the right direction for sure. Um, what's very important to take a look at when you talk about these teams that are clearly in a rebuilding process. You need to look at the. I don't know if you guys ever keep up with anything, but. Uh, or keep up with the prospects you need to go to mlb.com and see the best farm systems in baseball and i think obviously if you're in the top 15 which you're which is on 30 teams in the league you're, you're in the majority of um, a, a better a better farm system and the orioles are right there around 13th they have some really really solid guys um adley rutchman of course he's their biggest prospect that they got um went to oregon state uh the catcher uh, i don't foresee him being in the big leagues this season i think his his timeline's probably going to be 2020 2021 before we see him in the big leagues um he came from a high program at oregon state with a lot of talent um with a lot of competition and i don't see you don't see any nerves that are going to happen with him and i think he'll end up in high a and double a this season and i think late uh late next season we'll see his major league debut um what about chris davis um, three more years on that monster contract well, chris davis is never going to lead up to his contract that he had um, he's ne- he's never going to be able to do that. Is he gonna? Could he be a guy that's potentially on the trade market? I don't know any teams that really would want to eat his contract, um, but he's definitely a guy that come the trade deadline, the Orioles will definitely be sellers, and it's someone to keep in mind that they may try to shuffle around. Also, Trey Mancini. Um, Trey Mancini's a good guy that the Orioles could use around um, for market value just because of all the different positions that he can play. Um, and... One thing about Chris Davis I didn't mention is Chris Davis, um, you know, Chris Davis is really, he's a, he's a good guy. Anybody that talks about Chris Davis knows that he's a good guy. And, um, you know, when he graduated high school, he weighed 215 pounds. Um, last season, he weighed 212 pounds. 
um, when, I, when I saw that, I, it blew me away. Like, I mean, you think about it. This is a grown man, and he, he's, he was lighter now than he was in college. And he said, I mean, in graduating high school, and he said that all the stress of trying to perform just definitely brought him down. It was losing weight. Um, he came in this season 25 pounds heavier. Um, that's he, this big stock, stocky body is trying to come up and, and bulk up a little bit, and that's exactly what he did. So I really expect Chris Davis to have a better year. I know, obviously, he's not going to live up to that contract. Um, but he, in limited time this spring training, he did a good job. I know he hit a home run. Um, there were some positive signs there. But, of course, with spring training cut short, um, that's kind of where we're at with that. The rotation with the Baltimore Oreos. Uh, the main guy that, that is going to head the rotation, John Means. He had a sub-4 ERA last year, um, 3.60. Then Alex Cobb and Asher Wachowski. There's, a, there's the three guys that are going to um, you know, probably be the top three guys in the rotation. What's the best case for the Baltimore Orioles? Um, I'd like to say 65 wins. Um, I don't think they're anywhere close to being 500 yet, but I don't think I don't want them. I don't want to say they're going to lose over 100 games again. But the worst case scenario is they kind of stall where they were at last season, around 54 and 108. Um, you just want you want everyone in the organization. We have teams that are rebuilding. Um, you want everyone in the right direction for sure. You know whether it's the analytics or whether it's the hitting coach, whether it's the pitching coach. You want everybody to be on the same foot um, because all that stuff will make a difference in the long run um, with how competitive they're going to be. They have a lot of talent in the pipeline, and they've had some really good drafts, in my opinion. So it's very important um, to be patient with these teams. Of course, when you draft these high draft picks, you got to give them time to develop. And I think that the the Baltimore Orioles are not as far away as we think. So. Um, yeah, best case scenario, 65 wins. Worst case, they went lose 108 as well again. All right. Uh, should I do the Red Sox now or take a break? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and knock out the Red Sox. Um, Boston Red Sox. A lot of Boston Red Sox fans, of course. A lot of my friends are Boston Red Sox fans, but I think that's anywhere. Um, biggest thing that happened in them this offseason, of course, is losing Mookie Betts and David Price. Uh, when I did the Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, I talked a little bit about my thoughts on that whole situation and why David Price left the Boston Red Sox, and they seem so happy to be in L.A. Look, David Price, when you, when you pitch in the same division for, for a long, long time, you see the same hitters over and over and over for the majority. I think it's a good move for him to go face new guys. Um, but what about the Boston Red Sox? You know, the best case scenario to me that happens to this team is that maybe it kind of feels like a potential 2013 season where they come in and they exceed expectations and people don't expect them to. Um, there's a lot of questions with this team. And who knows exactly who knows exactly what could happen um, with them. You know, it doesn't help that Chris Sale just had Tommy John surgery a couple weeks ago. Now, if there is one bright side on the Tommy John surgery, I talked about this last show, um, that with, with Tommy John surgery, if there's ever a time to get it right now, it's... It is right now because you're not getting behind. You're not getting behind because no one's playing baseball. Um, even if they do play ball, at least you know it's not going to be a full season, and that they won't lose. Um, you know, too, I mean, if the season's if the season's completely taken away, then you know you can't really think of a better time to have Tommy John if there is one. Um, what's a good young guy to look out for in the Boston Red Sox that can make an impact? Um, would be definitely be Jaron Duran. He is a young guy that they say plays like Jacoby Ellsbury. Uh, he's a really, really fast kid. He's a, he's a center fielder. And one thing that I do really like about the Boston Red Sox, and I was able my whole life, you know, growing up right here in Roanoke, Virginia, is we have the Salem Red Sox, um, single-A affiliate of the Boston Red Sox. And, I, you know, I've seen Michael Chavis play. I've seen, 
Um, I, th- I have seen Jaron Duran play. I've seen Ben Attendee play. I've seen Jackie Bradley Jr. play. I've seen Xander Bogarts play. I've seen Michael Kopech play. All these big name guys, and in the moment, you don't really you you see something different with them on the field um, there because they were just absolutely dominant. But it's really really awesome. Still to this day, every time I watch those guys on TV play, I just think about me watching them play. You know, buying the eight dollar ticket, watching them play all together in single A. Um, their outfield, of course, you know, Ben Attendee, Jackie Bradley. Uh, I like these. I like these two guys. And of course, with the Alex Vertigo, um, he has a little injury issues right now. Um, but obviously, it's a lot of pressure on him, you know, being a part of this Mookie Betts trade. But I think he's 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 going to do a lot of great things for the Red Sox. And I guess we'll see in, you know, a couple years or starting this year how that's going to pan out for them. Um, also, their their bullpen they have a really good bullpen. The AL East has some very very good bullpens. Three of the teams in the in the in the in the league um, had top ten bullpens, um, which was the Rays, the Yankees, and the Red Sox. So if they can continue those numbers and continue that pace of just good pitching and good bullpen, I truly think that they can be competitive. I think it's a battle for third place for them as well. I don't think – I think it's a fine line between them and then the top two teams. Um, it's definitely going to be a – it's going to be a war to see who's going to be the third place team in this division. Um, but I don't th- – I think the Yankees and the Rays separate their self uh, higher than any other team. So – Best case scenario, in my opinion, for the Boston Red Sox is they make a AL wild card berth. Um, and of course, you get in the wild card, then yes, maybe you can win and go to the ALDS. But um, I think that's the best case scenario. I don't think they can win the division. Um, and the worst case scenario is I think they are a fourth place team, and uh, I, you know they're going to be good. The Boston Red Sox are going to be competitive. Um, they're not going to have a bad team, and um, you know, if Michael Chavis can can be a 30, 30 plus home run guy, I think it gives him a really a really big boost, and I think he will be that guy for them. All right, that is the first three teams. Now I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I am going to preview the finest final two teams in the AL East: the Yankees and the Rays. This is the Braxton Wheeler Show. All right, welcome back to the show. All right, I'm going to jump right into the New York Yankees. Of course, what a team, what a franchise, what a historic franchise in all of major sports. Um, pretty simple. The best case scenario, jump right into it for the New York Yankees, is they're going to win a World Series. And I think the worst case scenario for the New York Yankees is they don't win the World Series. <coughs> um, this is their expectations in New York. Um, they've really, really, really done a... Brian Cashman trying to trying so hard to, to put a put a winning uh, World Series team on the field. And I think this year they really have that potential just like every other year. Um, but the thing that scares me is a lot of times, you know, big name pitchers will come to, to New York like Sonny Gray, um, Kenny Rogers back in the day, et cetera. These guys struggled um, when they came to New York. There's a lot of pressure in New York because obviously the, the pressure is there to succeed and to pressure the pressure is there to win a World Series. So, you know, when I think of Garrett Cole in this contract, I think of when CC Sabathia came to the team in 2009, um, with the big contract expectations, and 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 the expect expectation there was to win a win a World Series. So, in my opinion, it's the exact same thing with Garrett Cole here in 2020. Um, nine years, 324 million dollar contract. I don't care who you're playing with when you're getting paid 324 million dollars to pitch. Um, there's going to be pressure there to perform, and rightfully so. I mean, pressure should come with that type of money. But 
I think Garrett Cole is going to perform fantastic. I think Garrett Cole is a guy that is built for pressure, and he's pitched well in his career um, with pressure. So I really believe Garrett Cole is is going to do a, a great job there. Um, but the, the biggest thing with the Yankees, and it's every year with these guys, is is they have so much talent, but the injuries. And even when they've had really, really bad injuries, um, they continue to win over 100 games. They're just a 100-win team every year. Um, well, something that concerns me is Aaron Judge. Um, had some shoulder issues in spring training. And is that a cause of concern, in my opinion? I, I, I do believe that. Anytime Aaron Judge has missed a lot of time the last two seasons. The Yankees really need him to play, in my opinion, over 135, 140 games each season. That's just what they need out of him. And, you know, the thing is they had so many injuries last year, but yet they were able to, to win 100-plus games. And, and, you know, they had a lot of guys step up and perform well. But um, their just roster is very deep. 1-40, to 40, they have a really deep roster, them and the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, Glaber Torres is going to be playing shortstop. Um, last year he batted 278. I had no clue. I thought he hit like 28 home runs, but he hit 38 home runs last year, um, which is just absolutely fantastic, especially for a shortstop. Um, if Glaber Torres can keep that up and, and remain the same, um, they're going to be just fine there. The biggest, the only thing I really see with the New York Yankees that they lack coming into 2020 is they lack up a backup first baseman. Yeah, you can argue DJ LeMahieu, um, you know, of course, but he's going to be playing second base. So um, there's a guy in their organization by the name of Mike Ford. Uh, Mike Ford's a, a guy that could really make an impact for the New York Yankees, um, and I think that he could he could come in and and he can make an impact for the team. Man, you know, you always see the Yankees have um, I think Yankees farm system. Let me take a look real quick. The New York Yankees farm system is twenty. No, I'm wrong. Let's see. That's a good question. Yankees farm system. Hmm. The New York Yankees. I can't find it. I don't know. Anyway, I'll be I'll be on lookout for that when I keep going. Um. But anyway, the Yankees. Um. They also look the best. They have to win a World Series, man. They really do. The pressure's there for this team. And what come trade deadline? Once again, we have no clue when the trade deadline is going to be. It's hard for me. I think this is one season that the Yankees will take a step back and kind of just let their roster play out um, instead of trying to pick up a huge piece during the trade deadline. I think it would have to be another uh, another pitcher, in my opinion. But, you know, the Yankees are always there when it comes to um, pitching. When Anytime they need a guy, anytime they need a guy come trade deadline, the Yankees are willing to um, make that move and get who they need. There they are. They're 22nd. They're 22nd in... Um, farm system. So that's okay, but that's about what you expect with a team like this. It's so active in free agency. Um anyway, let's talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. I now look, the Tampa Bay Rays if if I had to pick a team if I in another lifetime, if there's another Braxton Wheeler in another lifetime, he's a Tampa Bay Rays fan. I really love the way that they build their team. Um not a high market team. Not a high market team. This team has done everything to a T. Um Number one farm system in baseball as of right now. Their pitching is absolutely amazing. Um, with Charlie Morton, 3.05 ERA last season. Um, you know, he went 16-6. and six. Blake Snell, um, Tyler Glasnow, 1.78 ERA last year. Yeah, was obviously um, limited time there. But, man, this team has just built a culture in Tampa Bay. They have built an entire culture in Tampa Bay um, with Kevin Cash as the coach. Guys that have went from... Um, like, so Tyler Glasnow, for instance, went from the Pittsburgh Pirates 
um, to, um, of course, to the Tampa Bay Rays, and he said it's night and day between the two organizations. And you can see that in the way that they're performing on the field. He said in Pittsburgh it was kind of just dull, and um, I don't want to take words out of his mouth, but he said it was night and day, and um, that that everyone has fun is has fun in the Rays organization, and that's because of Eric Neander, the, the general manager of that team, is very positive, and it just, overall is a great environment. Um, this team's very deep, just like the New York Yankees, from one to forty. Um, and one guy that I really need to keep my eye out this year for is. Um, I always struggle saying his name, but Willie Adamas, I think that's correct. 24-year-old kid, he's going he's gonna to be a shortstop, and he is fantastic. He's going to be a really, really good piece for them. He's really quick, really good speed, can swing the bat. Um, and they also got Jose Martinez this offseason, which I think is going to be a good addition to them. It was, it's a good pickup. I'm glad Jose Martinez went to the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, he, he, when he left St. Louis, um, you know, as a, he was a DH. He's a DH player. He's not a good defender, um, but he can hit the ball really well. Average always hits over 300. Is um, a very good uh, pickup for the Tampa Bay Rays since he's now in the AL, um, in my opinion. So who do I think is going to win the American League East? I am going to have to say that it's going to be the Yankees, but I think that the Tampa Bay Rays could also be a hundred win team, and I think they could they could race the Yankees for that top spot. And I think with a shortened season, the Tampa Bay Rays really could benefit from that um, because. You know, if they start really hot and the Yankees start a little slow, um, I think the Rays are a team that can put their foot on the gas and never look back and actually win the division from the from the Yankees. No doubt in my mind, both teams are going to be in the postseason, no matter what that situation is. Um, but yeah, I'd like to say the Yankees are going to win the Yankees are going to win the American League East, and Tampa Bay is going to get a wild card spot. I think that's the two teams that make a playoff berth in that division. Um, Boston could, and if everything went completely perfect, maybe the Blue Jays could fight for one. Um, but I'm not I'm not ready to say that yet. <clears throat> anyway, I got a slight headache. <laughs> um, I'm gonna get out of here. I hope you enjoyed this American League American League East preview. Um, next is gonna be the American League Central. I'm gonna have to do some deep research on that. Uh, that pod- podcast will probably come late this week. And uh, look, I hope all you guys stay safe, be well. And this is Braxton Wheeler. And rate, review, and subscribe.